together as a church, as your children, to hear, to learn from you, and to implement the great commandment that you have given to us. Lord, we need to love each other. We need to love you. We need to serve you. Lord, we are human beings. We need you so that we can serve you in a way that you be pleased, in the way that your name will be glorified. Lord, come and flood this place with your Holy Spirit and let us learn what you want us to learn. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, I have uh, three copies here for the sake for those who don't hear me correctly. You can just write uh, another one. Yes. Uh, I hope I have another copy. I am so sorry. When I was asked to preach today, I was somehow, I was excited, but also uh, I was somehow nervous. Why? Because uh, culture, language. In, in my culture, uh, today is a day of celebration. It's a day when people come together and repent. Do, for us, we do open repentance, or just public repentance. And they say, if you, I have a problem with someone, this is the time to come and say, I am sorry. And this is the time when elders of the church work hard. They make sure if the families are living in harmony. If the husband and wife are not in a good relation, <laughs> I don't know how I call it, if they are not understand each other, they are not allowed to have a communion. So this is the time we say, this is your time to come together. This is the time when the, the society like mine, where we had genocide many years ago, when we say, if we don't forgive each other, if we don't ask for forgiveness, you are now, you are just, you are doing nothing. You, do, you don't have to come together. And you're with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Communion, we have, our community will be judged by God. So this is really a good day for us. Uh, I don't know if my sermon is not totally theological sermon, it will be more related to how people understand the communion, what I'm going to talk about. So I will try to, to raise my voice so that you can follow me. Um, I always feel great when I, say, when I hear people say, oh, I didn't hear what you, I didn't hear what you said. I feel good, and I say, Lord, help me to... I always ask for forgiveness. So before I start my sermon, I want to, to do my tradition, please forgive me. In many ways. Uh, I ask my brother and the sister, Deb and the Bob, if I did something wrong, forgive me. I'm sorry. (sighs) 
Okay, today is the Thursday. They call Andy Thursday or Holy Thursday. It is the Thursday before Easter, which is known as the Holy Thursday. It is the time when the church celebrates the Last Supper of Jesus Christ with his disciples, as it is described in the Bible. Christians also remember the last time Jesus spent with his disciples before his crucifixion. crucifixion. Monday Thursday gets its name from the Latin word mandatum, which means commandment or mandate given by Christ at the Last Supper, that which mandate to love one another and to be humble. That is when time we learn the lesson of humility. That is when we love the lesson of love. And you know, here I was, I like your communication. You say, oh, I love you, bye. That is very great. Love is a sign of humility. When you love somebody, you can do anything that will please him or her. If you don't love him, you don't care. So this is the time we love. We, we learn love, the lesson of love, and the lesson of humility. This is the time when Jesus instituted the Holy Communion or Lord's Supper. Tonight, I am going to talk more about the Holy Communion, not the Eucharist or Lord's Supper, but Holy Communion. That is communion. It makes more sense to me when I say Holy Communion. Perhaps at the end you will hear why, you will understand why I I use this word Holy Communion. Uh, I am happy they read uh, the lesson today. I am going to use 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17. This uh, specifically, I want to talk about these things. I want you to remember to keep this in your mind. Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in any worthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself or herself, then so eat with the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. For us in our culture, we don't stop there. We take these words literally. You, we need to be a blessing. If you want to take a holy communion, you need to examine yourself. Nobody will examine you, but you know your weaknesses. You know your strengths. And you know which your part where you need the Holy Spirit. So that is the examination is the key. The Last Supper or Lord's Communion is one of the sacraments we have in our church besides baptism. The Anglican Church defines the term sacrament as an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. This is according to St. Augustine. Historically, the term sacrament was developed from the Greek word mysterion, 
and the Latin word sacramentum, which involves something hidden or secret, that is mystery. The Holy Communion is a mystery. Thus, institution of a Eucharistic sacrament should be understood as a mysterious rite of a sincere covenant between the church and Jesus Christ as a means of spiritual grace. How we Anglican, how do we believe in Holy Communion? The Anglicans believe in the spiritual eating of Christ's body and blood, but not that, but not that the bread and the wine itself will change and become Jesus in his real body. No. Unlike Catholics, the Anglican Church believes that Jesus Christ is present in the Holy Communion elements, bread and wine, spiritually but not physically present. At the consecration, the bread and wine remain the visible symbol of the crucified body. Then, who is responsible for the communion, the Holy Communion in the Anglican Church? I ask, I say, I talk about this because this time, even in our discussions in our classes, we say everybody can consecrate the communion. In the Anglican Church, we said only pastor is allowed to consecrate the communion. Then uh, there's another question: say, if uh, a pastor, if a pastor is a sinner who is not trustworthy, is it really how to consecrate the communion? This is what the Anglican tradition says. Through the communion, we are celebrating love of God, agape, unconditional love. Then the priest is representing Christ in that service, in that consecration, regardless of how pious he is. This means that the sacrament of Christ cannot be removed by impiety or unworthiness of a priest. A priest is representing Christ in service because the sermon, the service itself, the owner of this service is Christ himself. Then I, I ask myself, why do Anglicans commemorate the Lord's Supper? As I told you, it is a sign of love. It is a mandate from our Lord Jesus Christ. But also through the Holy Communion, we are taking the bread and the drink of life. That is John 6. That's what John says. This is the, the meat of, of life. We need to take it. Another thing, Anglican teach, Anglicans teach that the death of Christ is perfect, absolute, and completely satisfying for the sins of believers in Christ. That is why we celebrate, we commemorate the Holy Communion service. Then, uh, before I go further, I want to tell you how we Africans understand the communion. Uh, I try to say that. One of my friends asked me how Anglican Church of Rwanda celebrates Holy Week, including today. 
For example, she was curious, curious how to know how we practice stations of the cross. My answer was not straightforward. Most Protestant, most Protestant churches in Rwanda don't celebrate stations of the cross because they were taught that it is exclusively, exclusively a Catholic practice. So many Protestant churches don't do what is called Catholics because it would be a way of worshipping images, symbols. Veneration of them is a mega problem, if not a blasphemy, among Protestant churches. However, even if we don't celebrate stations of the cross, our Holy Week is characterized by prayer group meetings where repentance and forgiveness are emphasized. Then on Holy Thursday, a few people who have repented come together and share the, communion, the communal meal, Lord's Supper, but those who did not have a chance to attend one of the prayer meetings, they don't participate because they feel they are not clean enough to eat the body and drink the body of Jesus Christ. They wait until Friday, tomorrow, when they put their burdens and sicknesses on the cross. Then by faith, and they hear from Jesus saying, it is finished. This is an act of faith, not of reason. Then on Easter Sunday, all people come together as the community to celebrate and feast with the Lord. I would like to say here that before taking the Holy Communion, either the Holy, on Holy Thursday or on Easter, the words of First Corinthians chapter, 20, chapter 11, 28, to 30 are always alive in a Christian understanding. We need to examine ourselves. We need to check ourselves. We need to make sure we don't do anything that will bring harm to our community, to our family, and to our children. If we don't have that time of self-examination, you don't take Holy Communion. If we try to go around the elders of the, the church stop you taking the communion because you are involving the whole community. That is why you call the holy communion. <laughs> and here I used, I was tempted to use a word curse. And here curse, you, you take it in another way. But in our culture, is a curse. We say, we don't want to bring curse on our community. That's what we call judgment here. But for us, we use curse. So even th that's why we don't even allow the children, the young ones, to take communion. Because they, are, they might pray with it. We don't want to do that. Say, so wait until you understand what the communion means to you. The Lord's Supper is taken as an act of communion as one family rather than being a simple church celebration. Christians come together to share a meal of covenant. When Jesus shared the Last Supper with his, disciple, his disciples, he united them in a covenantal relationship with himself and with one another. 
That is the purpose of this service. To have fellowship with Christ and have fellowship with one another. That is why in the Anglican tradition we celebrate the Holy Communion. Thus, true repentance during the Holy Week allows everyone to take the Holy Meal which creates unity, peace, and communion with the Lord and with one another. This is the the picture of our our communion in our culture. Here I have a a story about genocide. I didn't want to talk more about genocide, but I want to to share this testimony. During the, the genocide, many people took refuge in different churches. Of course, thousands of them were killed. One reason that people fled to church, on the one hand, they were expecting supernatural protection from above. On the other hand, they trusted the church as a holy place on which they shared holy meals. They hoped some, they hoped some killers would fear to go in churches. Unfortunately, this, this idea didn't work with the refugees. In one village, killers invaded the church. They planted everything, including the Holy Communion vessels, cups, or robes. Then they used them in their local meals. They put on robes. They could call people to come for communion since they had all materials, cups, robes, hosts, and local beer. After genocide in 1998, the whole village had a severe drought caused by the lack of rain. When I say rain in my country, it is a life. We don't, we eat because it rains. We don't buy food. We grow food. If you don't don't have food in your field, you don't eat. So when you say they lack rain, it means something. It is not like here. It would rain here, it would rain in the surrounding villages, but not in that particular village. Then when the lady came to the priest, she said, I quote, We have despised the body and blood of our Lord. We have taken the holy cups of the church. Now God has turned away from us. Now I come in the name of my village. Come with other people of God and pray for us as, so that we can, we can save our community. If it continues like this, we will die soon. That is the quotation. Then the priest invited other priests with the elders of the church. They went to that, to that village. All people came, including children. They prayed and they, they, they asked for forgiveness. They shared the whole meal again and the rain came back. Since then, all people knew that God punished that village because they despised the Holy Communion elements. So communion can be a blessing, but also a judgment if we don't respect it. Holy Communion in the world is, is, it was a sign of reconciliation, as I told you. Just repentance was not enough. 
we need to involve the conciliation. We need to bring the, the broken families together. Perhaps here, it's very hard when someone needs to divorce someone, it is easier. There is a law. In our culture, it involves the whole family, even the community. So if you are a boy and you divorce your wife, the father is concerned because he's his failure. If you are a mother and your daughter is, is divorcing, it is your failure. Then the church brings all those people together and they consider each other. So it is the time of reconciliation. And the people respect it. And after that time, they say, if you do it again, if a, a, a husband is a bad, if you do this again, remember you will have the curse will be on you. Judgment will be on you. That's, that is a very good time, but very hard. So if you are offering your gift, that is what we call also Matthew 5, 23 to 24. We remember, we say, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar. First go and be consigned to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. This is what we practice, just this is common practice. I am sharing what we do. It is a testimony. So this Holy Week is the time when people examine themselves, repent, ask for forgiveness, and, give, uh, and forgive others. Then through the Holy Communion, one receives the reconciling power of Christ. Believing that broken relationships are restored again, as a concrete symbol of people's daily struggle against sin. People have, to, people have to have a good relationship with their children, with their spouses and neighbors. Failure to do so, you are not allowed to take the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. You are not allowed to, to have communion with other people. This understanding enhanced peace and reconciliation after the 1994 genocide in Rwanda. Then the last part, which is very hard, is the Holy Communion has a mystical power, a spiritual power. It is the time when one acknowledges the real Christ at work. This is an act of faith again. Tuesday, this last Tuesday, I did a survey among Rwandans about the, communion, the Holy Communion. I sent out messages. As I asked one, the first question, what does the Holy Communion mean to you? All of them call, just, they say, it is the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. Right. Second question, how is it important to you? They answered, it is important because it builds both vertical and horizontal relationships between God and his people. And then others said, the Holy Communion is important because when one takes it by faith, it heals all sicknesses, question mark, it restores joy and peace and it builds relationships. Most people have a little understanding of Holy Communion. But however, this is a way to show how people understand mystical power of the Holy Communion. 
I wish we should just think about that mystical power that the Holy Communion has. Because this is an act of faith. It is not about uh, theology, no. It is not about something else, no. It is about our spirituality and our relationship with God. It is not about the teaching, no. It is about being humble, humility, to cool down, to forget yourself, and to put Christ first in your life. This is our Holy Communion. In my understanding, in the Lord's Supper, Christ is present, ready to perform miracles of spiritual, physical, and relational healings. That's what I believe. When I am consecrating the communion, I always, I say, when after consecration, I say, I put my family in this cup so they can transform all my people. Because I know by faith something might happen. I don't know how God works, but he does. Therefore, through prayers, songs we are singing, sermons, different sermons, people, we are remembering the crucified Christ, whom we proclaim, whom we proclaim, and the risen Christ, to whom we bear witnesses as the holy community. Thus, in the celebration of the Last Supper, the whole church is occupied and surrounded by the Christ, by the entire riches, richness of his life. That is why we come here. That is why we need to come here as a community. We, we are in fellowship with Christ. We are sharing his body and blood. We are in a good relationship with him. We can stand against all the powers that can invade our church, our families, and our country. That is what the Bible says. If the people of God come and pray, I will, what? Forgive them, hear them, and hear them, and hear their country. That is through the communion. That is when we become the true people of God. This is not what we need to go to to seminary to learn. No. This seminary, what they do is arguing, is it really Holy Communion? Like that. I tell you the truth. Uh, the more you go, the more the Holy Spirit you need. Uh, I don't know how to say that. I don't want to take your time, sorry. But... Um, this is a real, we need to feel that Christ is with us. The Holy Spirit is surrounding this place. God is taking care of us. The real presence of Christ surrounds the, his community and the, his church as Christ is made present 
remembered and experienced through the communion. Therefore, during this act of worship, on the one hand, the Holy Communion has power to heal our sicknesses, which are destroying our bodies. On the other hand, when it is despised, it can bring judgment on the one who despises it, on his family or her family, and on his community. Paul says, again, everyone ought to examine, to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and member and the number of, of you have fallen asleep, have died. That's why we say the Holy Communion is something that we need to take seriously, to, to, be part of, to be part of it, not just to take it because we need to take it. Every Sunday, here you have a chance, we take it every Sunday, and some countries and some churches, they don't. So sometimes perhaps we can forget how important it is in our life. Finally, I want to say our communal meals is always in the way in which God's love, in which God's love, sorry, God's love compares Christian Christians to help people in need. Here I want to talk about social ethics to be emphasized. We need to share everything we have with others. That God has blessed us in many ways. Some do have time. We need to share time with others. We have everything. I have my mother. She has asthma. Do you know asthma? When, it's, when she has a problem, she cannot talk. She cannot eat. She, what she needs to make sure there is a breath. And I was, when I see her, when I saw her, I was wondering, why? Why her, not me? She's my mother. She worked hard to make me now who, who I am. Now she's struggling to get just a little bit breath. So we need to share everything that God has given to us. We need to think more about other, other things around us, other people. Sometimes, yeah, they are homeless. Why, people, why some people are homeless? One of my friends here told me, that's why they, that is their choice, right? Perhaps. I don't know. I didn't make a survey. That is not their choice. Perhaps they are there to make us, to, to do, to, to, as our job, to let people know that God, we, who is in us, is working through us. To make them happy. To give them food. They need shelter if they are homeless. <laughs> that is the power we draw, we get through 
the, the communion when we take it with a clean heart. We need to visit people at the hospitals. And here, it is very hard even to visit someone at the hospital. You need to make appointment. <laughs> this is the time when we visit people in, uh, in hospi- different hospitals. Some people don't have food. They don't have even a blanket. They don't have medicine. When we visit them, we go, we, we are here because to tell you that Christ has died for you. That's why we bring food. That's why we give you medicine. Here, perhaps we don't need that, but also we have our own way to show that love, that, that to, to implement that mandate of Jesus Christ. Therefore, the celebration of the Holy Communion gives the church an opportunity to rediscover, rediscover in the Eucharist the love that transforms for service to the people in need to share with others and to protect the oppressed. I don't, I want, I don't want to talk more about the Holy Communion, uh, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist. I don't know how you can name it, but we need to, to see the presence of Jesus in those elements after consecration. We need to tell our children, our grandchildren, to respect that mystical <laughs> meal, <laughs> let's say that, that we are taking every Sunday. We need to think about our communion. We need to think what, how we can show the love that love, how we can implement that, that commandment that Jesus has given to us. And we need to keep us, to keep ourselves clean because we are God's people, we are God of people, we are going, they are the ones who are going to pray for our country, for our families, for our children. <laughs> and God has promised to hear us. Again, forgive me if I did something wrong, but I finish here. In the, I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.